Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex. Hey. How are you doing today, Flex? How are you feeling? In a good way to describe it, I'm fine, I'm well, I'm better than most days, but, mm. you know, I could complain. <laughs> I, I'll do I it. love that. I honestly love it. that. Like, <laughs> Isn't the height of, like, self-actualization to know that you have issues and then to choose not to share them? <laughs> Truly. No, it genuinely, that's the best. I'm going to start saying that. I'm going to start, like, I'm great, but I can complain. You yeah, know what I, mean? I won't. But yeah. if you'd like me to, I'll do it for a price. <laughs> no more sharing my trauma for free. <laughs> listen, listen. Yeah, wow. I love it. I love it. How are you? Um, were you two? Oh my god, I've actually had the most chaotic. Has it been two weeks? I've even lost track of time. You felt it coming. It's been though. the most. I really did. Like I felt this shit coming for weeks. But I thought it was going to be like a civil war or like just something a bit more apocalyptic. But then it was like family drama, cutting off people. Anyway, I'll discuss it in the next episode. Love it. Yeah, because today's episode is an Am I the Asshole segment. Honestly, my favorite. I think this week, honestly, we found some really fascinating... The one you shared on your story, I think it was yesterday, mm. literally had me in tears. Like, <laughs> I don't know why that was the funniest thing I've ever read in my entire life, but it killed me. So yeah, we have some really entertaining and absurd. I love anything absurd. And just absurd dilemmas to discuss. I had asked in our Facebook group for a few of you to send in your dilemmas, your clown dilemmas. Um, but they were all actually the exact same question, which is hilarious. They were all about dating um, and all questions that we've covered before in previous episodes. So we won't be going over them in this episode, but maybe in another one. <laughs> but yeah, let's begin. Which one should we begin with? Let's start with the am I the asshole about the wedding? Because for the first time in, I would say, months, it's the first... Um, the first one I've shared that on my story that's been so contentious, like the results oh, really? were split, I think about 60-40. But what I found to be really interesting was the messages I was getting in response to justify why the poster was or was not the arsehole. Um, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a gray area one. But let me let me start. So basically, okay. this person is writing. Um, let's. Yeah, I'm assuming it's she let's go with she let's gender her for the sake of you know the post but basically she said mm. my fiance and i were supposed to get married in two weeks however and this is something that was posted quite recently maybe a week ago so for timeline sake anyway my fiance and i were supposed to get married in two weeks however i've been going through a rough time this month and today has been one of those days first my fiance broke his leg while at work which required surgery then he was fired and we were both required to work at walmart to sustain ourselves Interesting wording, right? Required mm, to work at Walmart yeah. to sustain ourselves. Yeah. Luckily, we have I raised that. Yeah. Luckily, we have raised over $25,000 from the generous early donations we received from relatives. This helped us enormously. To clarify, these donations were for the wedding. Um we were able to pay for my fiance's medical expenses for new furniture and for therapy for both of us after being emotionally damaged. After having a thoughtful conversation with my mother and fiance, I decided to cancel my wedding and reschedule it once we regain financial stability. 
I'm now being attacked by my own family and for, and my friends for refusing to give back their money since I did not use it as promised. I'm so hurt that they consider using the donations for health reasons as in bad faith. I understand their anger because most of them had to change their plans to attend my wedding, but I'm still upset at them for not understanding what I've been going through. I promised Mm. them that I'm going to reschedule my wedding and will reopen our money funds for any further gifts since we lost most of the money. Interesting choice of wording. Lost money. When in reality, they spent the money. You spent money. I digress. I'm now being bombarded (laughs) by calls and hate messages from my own family and friends and don't know what to do. Do you guys think I am the arsehole in this situation? Um, And... Basically, there's an edit that says, apologies for not having the time to participate in this thread. I had a long discussion with my family members and unfortunately the issue has not yet been resolved. In fact, it has only gotten worse. I've also received a ton of DMs, which were mostly filled with hate, but also got some support. Thank you for everyone who supported me in the DMs and comments. Your kind words truly mean a lot. Also, as someone, as much as I'm pleased to hear that some of you want me to open up a GoFundMe page, I don't think it's allowed and I would not be fine with taking your hard-earned money. Your support and kind words are honestly more than enough for me at the moment. Please do consider donating to charity. Um, blah, 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 blah. So, <laughs> this one is so multi-pronged and so layered because... It really is. There's We've got the context of, you know, thinking that you're going to have a wedding during a pandemic and it not happening. Asking for donations. I don't know if that's really customary to ask people for donations to plan a wedding. I don't know if that's something that I... I didn't know that was a thing either. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a cultural norm somewhere that I'm not across, but I assume that, yes, once you're at the wedding, you can give money as a gift. Perhaps you call it a donation. (laughs) Um, But yes, I, (laughs) I found it really interesting that before her wedding, she has already asked for money was able to raise $25,000 for a wedding that she cancelled, not rescheduled or postponed, cancelled, then used the money, then had said that she's going to now plan a new wedding in future and ask for more money. But let's start from the top. Bobo, do you think that she is or is not the arsehole? Wait, okay, there was context I didn't catch the first time. She's cancelling this wedding and yep. then she's planning on having another wedding where mm-hmm. she's going to ask for more de- more donations in the future. Yes. Okay, that that changes my answer a mm-hmm. little bit. Let's, okay, this, I have two answers. Assuming she's being completely honest and like she really did, her husband really did break her legs and I'm assuming she's in America <laughs> where um, healthcare is just exorbitant and disgusting so maybe you really did need $20,000 for a broken leg. I don't entirely buy, I don't entirely understand why you would need therapy for emotional damages caused by unemployment. I don't know if I'm being harsh, but I don't understand like why that would require thousands and thousands of dollars worth of therapy. But assuming that she truly, her husband, her fiance truly did break his leg, they truly did need expenses to survive and for health then i think it's completely fine for them to have used their money and to refuse to give it back because you can't give back money that you don't have (laughs) the thing is there's something that seems a little bit off i don't trust that she's being completely honest because like you said there are some fishy things about the wording the choice of words that were used i feel like it was the way this was written was used to frame herself as more of a victim than she really is Mm -hmm. but just going off of good faith if she truly did use the money for health expenses and she truly does not have the money to give it back then I really don't think she owes them back and either way like it's donations like if people donated (laughs) to give you money for your wedding And you are unable to have your wedding because you're on the verge of death. Okay, you're not on the verge of death, but you're unable to have the wedding because of health reasons. I guess it is, I think it's reasonable to use your money for health reasons and not be able to give it back. I mean, what are your thoughts? Similar to you, I find that if we look at the the facts as they're presented, you were planning to have a wedding, you got into some, some, some strife, had medical issues, had to pay for them. 
fine. I think that her, how do I explain it? Her actions don't make her the asshole, but the the nuance around the story definitely does. Mm. So I think that if we were going to put on paper, hey, I'm planning a wedding for medical reasons, I had to cancel the wedding. Um, we had no money to begin with. That's why we asked for donations. But now we're going to use this money to pay for surgery or whatever. Fine. Her approach sucked. Yes, they're donations, but people <laughs> donated for a wedding. Donated right. for a wedding, like having to already pay to go to your wedding through donations, pay to go to your wedding through, you know, your outfit, pay to go to your wedding through transport, pay to go to your wedding through accommodation, pay to go to your, to your wedding in gifts, and then you don't have the wedding. Okay, fine. But I do yeah. think it's worthwhile mentioning to your guests, hey, like the wedding isn't going to happen for these reasons. We really appreciate that you've donated. We've taken it upon ourselves to now use these donations for medical issues. I really appreciate it. So on and so forth. It seems as though she's made the decision, not told anyone. People have now asked questions and said, hey, bitch, when's the wedding? Yeah, she's like, oh, no, yeah, I didn't, I see I didn't do mean. it. <laughs> what I also find, like fishy, I don't know if it's the right word, but again, I don't know. I w- would assume that she's in America because a lot of these Reddit posters are and healthcare yeah. is exorbitant. So I understand that, you know, these these funds are very expensive. But if it's a workplace injury, is there not workplace cover for those kind of things? I don't oh, know. That I believe that there probably is. Like okay. the level of slavery in America, okay. especially for a place like Walmart, nah, they don't give a no, fuck. No, but now that's the thing. He, he got injured at work. Then they mm. lost their jobs and now have, have been required to work at Walmart in <laughs> Oh, wait, so they weren't... Okay, they sorry, weren't I read working this at wrong. Walmart. So okay, they were working okay. elsewhere, got made redundant, then had to start working in Walmart, which is fine. But now she's saying we had to buy new furniture and then we also had to go get therapy. <laughs> this is, this things, is what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> these things don't feel like hat tos. Yes, surgery, absolutely. <laughs> because you nip it in the bud. You don't let these things fester. I understand. Yeah. But now saying that, you know, it just, you have to go get new furniture, you know, end of financial year sales. However you... Yeah, like... <laughs> however you want to do it, like... And then, look, so yeah, to clarify... He was he was working, got injured, got fired. I don't know why she lost her job also, but then they started you working. You see at how Walmart. there's so many holes in this story. <laughs> now, also, yes, understand. I mean, I I think it's really interesting that um that she said like yeah they cancelled the wedding and then they said they'd reschedule it once we regain financial stability. Are you did you cancel it or did you postpone it? Because if you cancelled it. Mm. then that implies that the wedding isn't going to happen. But if you've postponed it, why are people now subject to giving you more money after they already gave you money the first time? That's not their expense. This is why, yeah, it's very scammy. Well, the wording says, I decided to cancel my wedding and then reschedule it once we regain financial stability. Sis, you never had financial stability. So that (laughs) wish isn't going to happen in a pandemic. While you're already in debt to your loved ones. I mean, whether it's debt <laughs> like, or just whatever. Just... <laughs> Sis, how you didn't you have come to... for her neck like you're this? You're broke. <laughs> I'm crying. Now, I that, think this is what I mean. Like, you weren't in therapy before. Exactly. So, it's... so you need therapy for a broken leg? <laughs> nah. Something's not ad- something is not adding up, fam. Now... <laughs> I think that she she mentioned that she's hurt that, that that her friends and family consider her using the donations for medical um, reasons is in bad faith. Fundamentally, it's not. But the way she's done it and in practice is. It absolutely is. And she she's not owing because, like you said, it's a gift. It's a donation. There's no clause to say how it's going to be used. But mm. in the same way you would like your friends and loved ones to give you the benefit of the doubt should you not have given them the benefit of the doubt that if you would explain it to them or at least given them a heads up that they would have been fine with it? Yeah. Like it's on both ends. It's super, (laughs) super messy. And the last thing that really fucked me off was she's now promised she's going to reschedule the wedding and will reopen the money funds for any further gifts since we lost most of the money. Are you like... (laughs) Nah, Do you see, these are the holes in the story. I think what she should have said was, listen, guys, 
I'm we are broke mm. and because of a global pandemic now we're even more broke yeah and we just we have no financial literacy we use all your money we don't have any money like I just think being honest and like being honest about your messiness would have been a much better approach than like to spin because there's just a web of lies mm. that isn't adding up It's messy. So like you said in the beginning, if we were going to give her the benefit of the doubt and assume that she did all of these things with the right intention and just her impact is a bit shoddy, she's not the asshole. But I know for a fact that if I had given somebody donations for a wedding, they cancelled the wedding, still used the money. Not my (laughs) business, because once you give a gift, you can't come checking for it later. Like, that's not it. Yeah. (laughs) But now knowing that she's spent the money in whatever way she deems fit... And now she's telling me, don't worry, because when we reschedule the wedding, we'll come checking for some more. That rubs me the wrong way. It rubs me the wrong way. Um, But yeah, not the asshole. I've I've decided. What about you, Bobo? Yeah, not the asshole. Not the asshole, but just a bit dumb. Like, she's not an asshole. She's a clown. Oh, absolute clown and messy bitch. Just a clown. This is like a very self, um, like confirmation bias in which she's, mm. and it's almost like a, an affirmation bias where she's looked at her, um, her perspective in the situation and she can see that, you know, her ignorance is circumstantial. Her emotions are subject to her circumstance and she can give herself the benefit of the doubt. Yet any, right. any person who's looked at her situation and views her as being in the wrong, she now presume she doubles down on being a victim, which I think is really frustrating because, yeah. you know, realistically, if you're going to, it, it bothers me that she can't see the perspective of the people who gave her $25,000. This wasn't, you know, a, a cute, you know, two, three, four, five thousand, you know, $25,000 is a lot of money to wrangle up from your friends and family. And I don't know if people know that many people like that. Like, let's say you even know a hundred people and they all give you $250. Is that the math? Yeah. Yeah. If a hundred people, yeah. If a hundred people give you $250, that's still a lot of money for anybody. You know what I mean? So now you're saying like, I took it, I spent it. I'm going to need some more later on. You know how it is. (laughs) Literally, literally. Like, what do you need? (laughs) I love it. I love it. No, it. Yeah. No, it's just. Me- so yeah, she's not the asshole, but she's a messy ass clown. Mm. And that's okay. I think if you're gonna be messy, you should just be messy with your chest. Like I, if I gave someone two hundred fifty dollars for a wedding that I now found out isn't gonna happen, like just at the very least you can do is just be honest. Because there's also something so disrespectful about lying to people, mm. like lying badly. Yeah. Like, you really don't respect my intelligence. Like, are you mad? 100%. And I guess that's what we talk about with a lot of these situations. Like, I think, I personally think that aspiring to be virtuous can be a waste of time because of situations just like this. She can't separate herself from her goodness and her good intentions to see that she actually did a bad thing. (laughs) Yeah. We can all see this quite clearly. You know what I mean? And it takes nothing... I mean, it would be preferred for her to be like, yeah, bitch, I fucked it. I'm so sorry, but I was prioritizing (laughs) myself and my man. And that's it. Literally. Because we could sleep with that. Now we're out here going back, forth, back, forth, back. Is she, isn't she? (laughs) Yeah, it's just, you're wasting everyone's time. Everyone. You've insulted our intelligence. Mm -hmm. It's, no. Mm -mm. So the moral of the story is, Everybody Be has messy choices. With your Absolutely. Everybody has choices. And the one you pick is the one you now have to deal with. You can't yeah. be in control of how people are going to respond. So keep that in mind when you make decisions. Facts. Next. Should we move on to the next one? <laughs> Do you want to talk about the the bribe to get the sun to shower? Oh my God. Please can we do I'm <laughs> That one has finished me now i hate dragging people's parenting styles because i feel like millennials and people in our generation have this annoying knack of over critiquing things they've never experienced and then coming to find out that when it's their time it's actually much harder than they anticipated so i have no doubt that parenting on a level is probably the most difficult thing that a person could do um Mm. and so it's no shade but once it's on the internet, it's up for critique. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, today's the day. (laughs) (laughs) So let's begin. The headline for this one is, am I the asshole for asking my ex to stop paying our son $15 to shower? (laughs) Now, even if we, like, this is above minimum wage. So what could be a five minute activity? Wow, actually. (laughs) Anyway, let's get into it. So this person said, my ex and I share custody of our 13-year-old son, Dylan. Dylan has a hygiene problem, typical of many boys his age, which is that he doesn't shower. He doesn't seem to care if he stinks, and we've both told him many times that he needs to shower at least every other day. I noticed he was coming back from my ex-wife's place fully showered. My ex recently let him in. Sorry, my ex recently let me in on a little secret, which is that she'd been paying him $10 to shower. It sounds nuts, but I couldn't stand the stench anymore. So I also paid him $10 to shower and sure enough, he showered. This continued for a few weeks. Then my son told me he would not, he would no longer be showering for $10. He said the price has gone up to $15. (laughs) I I called my ex who has been, complying with the inflation <laughs> and paying him $15 to shower. Technically, there's no big difference between $10 and $15, but I feel ridiculous paying my son to wash himself. And also I know his plan is to keep jacking up the price indefinitely. As of right now, I'm estimating he's making a good $80 a month off showering. I'm <laughs> dead. I told my son I would no longer be paying him to shower at all if he keeps this up. He said fine. He would continue to do he would continue to shower at my ex-wife's and not shower in my house. I don't want the stench to come back. I realized the only way to get around this was to prevent my ex-wife from continuing to be blackmailed. So I told her to please cease any and all payments for him showering. This is where the problem begins. She told me that she understands my concern, but she will still pay him to shower because I can't tell her how to raise her child, especially when it's something I've been doing until recently. Normally, I think she's a good mum, and I wouldn't criticize how she's raised him, but she's literally allowing extortion and it's gone way too far. If I continue to pay him to shower, I'm confident that before long, he'll be demanding $30 per shower. It's just too much. Am I the asshole? What would you say? (laughs) He's not the asshole, but he is a clown. Huge dummy. I think as a black person, I just can't imagine this happening in my household. Like, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. okay, so here's here's a few things. So he's now making like $80 a month. That means he's still barely showering. Yeah, if he's making $80 a a month... (laughs) That's literally, so that's like, he's showering five times a month. Mm -hmm. So not only are you wasting your money, man still smells like shit. Like, it's, the the method is ineffective. Now your own son is doing extortion in your house. (laughs) You're being black. Like, there's so many layers. There are many approaches that I'm sure work well. In this instance, if your son is smart enough to extort you, I could, I don't understand why you're not, smart enough to level with him like if he knows how to extort like how many grown adults in this equation would it not take just as much effort for you to now go and sit down with him and be like hey bitch let's talk about this what is your aversion yeah. to showering what makes you uncomfortable and because i like if you're not in the business of beating your kids which like let's not let's not condone that but if you're already in the business of negotiating and um speaking to your kids as though they are people, then how did we miss that whole step where we're now just going straight to extortion? No, I literally... Were you not going to talk to your ex-wife before you also started, like, paying him? (laughs) (laughs) There's so many layers to this. Another thing is that, like, there's so many different ways of punishing your child, whatever the word is. Mm. Like, you could easily just take away his privileges. Yeah, mm. disciplining your child. You could easily just be like, listen, bitch, this is my house. This is not your house. You're not doing extortion in my house where you do not pay rent. Second of all, bitch, if you want to live in my house under my roof, you will do as I say. I will take away your iPhone. I will take away your iPad. <laughs> like, you don't even need to to beat him in the garden and forcefully hose him down. Like, you could actually just level with him but i do understand like i have 
I have a million and one nieces and nephews and kids are absolute nightmares. Like, they truly are. So I fully understand. I have these two nephews and they also hate showering. And every day it's a fight in the house. But none of them are doing extortion because it's also just quite simple. Like, if you do not go shower... (laughs) You will not get your iPad for the next week. You will not watch TV. You will not get... I just don't understand how his own son is bullying him in his own house. How? <laughs> it's Yeah, it's very interesting. I, I take offense to the approach. I think the only person I'm quite happy with is the stinky child because... <laughs> <laughs> Do you respect his vision? I respect the vision. He's maintained his <laughs> comforts. He's maintained his privileges. He's now making more than he would if he had a job. <laughs> Can you imagine? Literally. <laughs> that hourly rate is is phenomenal. And after all of that, to still be like, I'm taking money from you. We're also inflating and I still won't shower. Now what? <laughs> Talk it's to me, mum. wild. So I... So basically, um, I was reading the thread of other people who were commenting and asking for clarity or giving suggestions as to how to properly parent this kid. And somebody said, um, I mean, I don't know if these approaches are effective, but somebody said this could easily be solved by not paying him to shower and instead giving him an allowance with showering as one of the conditions, like any other chore. Um, No, I don't like that. Yeah, I just feel like, again, like... I don't, I don't Why know. Why are you still being manipulated in your own house? Yeah, paying for chores. I don't know if, no. I'm, a, if I'm across that. Maybe I've just never experienced it. So I can't, I, no, I don't know. That just leaves room for more extortion. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> But it's also the messaging around it. Like, yes, I don't think we should be rewarding, especially children. Mm. I don't think we should be rewarding anyone, but especially children for just being basic humans. Like, Imagine giving paying someone money to wash the dishes. Like, no, you're not doing me a favor. Because when you pay someone something, the, you're implying or you're insinuating that they're doing you a favor. When yeah. really they're not. Like, you are not doing me a favor by getting in the shower and washing yourself. You're not being doing me a favor by washing the dishes off of the plates that you eat from. You're not doing me a favor from cleaning a house that I've housed you in. Like, no, 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 no. So I don't like the idea of paying children for basic basic things that they should be doing i think it's much more effective to just be like listen this is a two-way street like life is transactional and when you when you get in the real world you cannot be doing extortion like if you want (laughs) if you want to to live in a clean house yeah like if you want to live in a clean house then you must clean it if you want to have friends and good relations with human beings then you cannot be a goat like you cannot be a smelly goat (laughs) i think think it's much more effective to just instill the ideas of like the ways that human relationships are transactional and that, like, you cannot be rewarded for just being a decent human being because that is the bare minimum, you know? The power dynamic, I think, is so interesting here because there's a lot mm. of wording in this post about how he neither... Um, I don't know if the person posting is, like, what gender they are, but let's just assume it's a guy, um, that him or his ex-wife both physically and mentally and emotionally can't uh, assert enough power or dominance over this child to make it make sense. Like, I don't, what, how does this happen? But also somebody was saying, Mm. yeah, like the language around, like, we can't make him, he won't listen. It sounds like, who are you dealing with? An eight foot five giant who's got anger issues? Like, (laughs) it's a 13 year old. And between the two of you, and obviously with help from your new partners, I'm sure we could make it happen. But basically somebody said, he kept saying that like, you know, in the additional comments when people are like, you know, somebody said, you keep saying things along the lines of, I can't do anything about him. He's bigger than me. If you're scared of your son physically assaulting you for parenting him in a way that doesn't involve bribery, you both need to go to family therapy. And the person responds and says, he won't go. And he's too big for me to force into the car. Like, what is this? 
I don't understand. I know. And it's also, I can imagine, like, obviously this person who's posting knows their son better than we do, but mm. <laughs> I'm sensing a defeatist attitude. Like, you're getting some great it suggestions is. here. And you're like, he, he's not going to do it. He's not going to shower. Could it be that you've gotten so deep into this? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hole, that now it's your pride blocking you from managing this in the best way possible. Because mm, it, now it's your problem that you can't negotiate with your child without money. That's your problem. And now... That you seems, created, yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's very convenient to now put in the narrative of like, oh, I can't physically overpower my kid, therefore, like, we can't get him... Mm, mm, I don't know if your <laughs> kid's going to beat you. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's it. Okay, let's assume he will. Like, let's assume that his kid really... <laughs> his kid is Ted Bundy. Okay. And he will beat his dad. You need to... Uh, for the thing is, like, <laughs> if the kid's going to beat you, then you need to start putting aside money weekly because the inflation is coming <laughs> and that's now a line item in your taxes. Kings. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. And I'm going to tell that kid he needs to start charging GST <laughs> and a VAT <laughs> because clearly there's a power dynamic. He runs the house. Exactly. And now you work for him. Make sure you have the fridge stocked. Make sure you have the games he likes. Truly, truly. <laughs> because now, if you have if you have your power, I mean, I think when it comes to, like, parent and child dynamics, does power get taken from the parent or does the parent relinquish power? Who knows? You know, it depends mm. what that is in your circumstance. But if, if, no, if you no longer have authority over this person, then now you need to start negotiating with him as somebody who isn't tied to you by blood and therefore has to do things because you want them to. How would you manage the situation in any other circumstance? You would have to negotiate. And clearly your art of negotiation sucks. If in a short, in a few weeks time, we've gone from 10 to $15. Like (laughs) there should be some clauses and some terms. (laughs) And, you know, there's also a question of how, there needs to be room for him to start um, him, the parent to almost repair this relationship with the ex-wife, especially if you're co-parenting and you're not on the same page, Mm. because now I can imagine there's going to be some undermining between the two parents trying to be like, well, if I can get a better deal here and I can make my life easier then fuck that other parent, because it's not about them. It's about me. Imagine. Imagine. So bizarre. No, it's completely... And I don't know, maybe this kid has behavioral problems. Maybe, Which yeah. is then a whole other can of worms. And they need to go see a therapist, a psychiatrist, a psychologist. I don't know. But I just... I just I just think this is a bad... What do you think of the mother being like, no, you can't tell me how to parent? Well, he... Like, it's, it's not... He can't. He can provide suggestions. But I think what's happened mm. is she... She saw a problem and she created a solution that worked well for her. And I think if I'm, I'm trying to imagine if I was like a divorcee who didn't want to co-parent, my logic would be this problem's been going on for the longest time. You haven't fixed it. I haven't fixed it. I've now found a solution that works for me. If it doesn't work for you, why are we all of a sudden teammates? We weren't teammates before. Figure your shit out. (laughs) <laughs> and i think Interesting, that yeah. the original poster is very good at passing blame it's my ex-wife's fault if it was her fault you should have come up with a solution before it got to that point Facts. man's yeah. is 13 yeah which means he probably he's probably had like what five years to sustain the shitty hygiene problem which means you had five years to go talk to some sort of child psychologist some behavioral therapist something Facts. could have read a, read a blog watched a youtube asked a mummy blogger asked the daddy blo- like all of this could have happened and now we've gotten to a point because it feels like for your parent to now pay you to do something so basic 
everybody's at their wits end which means we have Honestly, time to get yeah. to this point of being at our wits end so what didn't happen <laughs> is now not the wife's fault <laughs> she's, just, <laughs> she's just now doing what works best for her and honestly if yeah. it's in the budget then like and if it's in the budget and it really is worth it really has improved their peace of mind and their quality of life and their relationship, then you know what? That's what now that's what you now have to do. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, Put I refuse. 250 aside. To- <laughs> <laughs> Talk to your accountant. Put-, <laughs> Put 250 aside and pay that baby. <laughs> And then next month he's like, "Oh, you want me to wash the dishes? Fifty dollars? Can you fifty dollars per per spoon, bitch? Wow. It's a rock and a hard place. And I have sympathy for the parents because you, like, once the money was exchanged, it was the end. It was the beginning That's, of the that end. That was the end, <laughs> literally. Like, where where do you come back from that? You've already shown your child all your cards. And we, I personally don't remember being 13 like that, but I'm sure that I was conniving and spiteful. Um, and really, I, think like- I was too scared. Like, <laughs> how do you feel about fear? Yeah, like, true- <laughs> you know, like, as an African, how do you feel about the use of fear? Because I think there's a stereotype and yeah. I think there's some truth to it. Yeah. That black people... <laughs> raise their kids with fear and white people raise their kids with negotiation like it's everyday negotiation in white i remember going to sleepovers to my white friends houses they'd be like shut up mom get out my room and i would be can you imagine i would have gotten my ass bruh I literally cannot imagine. Mm. And I wonder if there's something to be said about the use of fear when you're raising children because this just this just simply would not happen in a black household. Like it just Imagine extortion Ooh. in an African household. <laughs> you'll go sleep outside like you'll just <laughs> You'll be sleeping outside with, with the, the dogs. Like, I don't know what to Literally. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an element of fear and how, like, fear gets conflated with respect in, like, stereotypical yeah. African households. And yeah, absolutely. I was the youngest and of, like, three siblings, two older brothers, so I had seen the consequence of misbehaving. And so yeah. I would avoid it at all costs, but I guess I wasn't... I wasn't a very submissive kid, but I definitely was uh, like I just minded my own business. So because I knew mm. that like I had a, had a mouth on me, so I knew that like it would take everything within me not to talk back or not to like make a face. Yeah. So I would just yeah. like separate myself and distance myself from my family, and then again from conflict because the line between humor and somebody taking offense and now we're like now we're all beefing the line is so fine that i'm not there for the soccer game i'm not hanging out to see who ate the last chicken in the stew i don't want to be here for it because i know what's going to happen literally yeah now yeah. i would definitely say that because i was so fearful of the consequence of being hit i didn't do a lot of things and i was quick mm. to, i was quick to get in line yeah <laughs> because i knew yeah. that was my like that was the inevitable future. But I don't remember being hit that much as a kid. Like, I definitely know my older siblings were, but my older brother was so naughty. <laughs> like, when the cops yeah. bring you home, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get hit. But for me, it was more so like, I could maybe, maybe count two times, and that was on some like naughty girl shit, on some yeah, like not yeah. coming home type shit, you know? So, like, sorry. Um, but yeah, so there was, I knew there were consequences and if even if i didn't know what they were i knew there were consequences so therefore i was like i don't want to mess with that shit i know in a lot of non-black households i don't really know what the discipline is and it's definitely not on african standards so not at all there's a lot more leeway (laughs) like i could not imagine negotiating with my mom for anything oh nothing like nothing it was a hard no Not even in, like, there's just a look that African mothers Ooh. give you. There's just a side eye mm-hmm. that is enough and to you already lacerate you. Yeah. yeah, you already know. It's you not a conversation. Know. It's not. It's literally. <laughs> it doesn't have to be either because you see the look, you're like, you know what? I didn't even want it anyway. <laughs> literally, I wasn't even, you know what me I mean? Me every time. Yeah. I was like, mom, I just thought, like, 
I wanted to get like an eyebrow piercing the look. I was like, oh, okay, no, no, no. Bruh. I, I wanted to. <laughs> but also what I think is so funny is like the look just confirms what you already know. And I yeah. think like we can argue that hitting your kids and uh, disciplining with fear is just not the way for like mm. emotional development and growth. Um, yeah. But it's really interesting because it wasn't as though when I was coming to my mum with questions or requests that I didn't know the answer. I was just like, you know, asking because I generally didn't know. I always always knew. I always knew what the boundaries were within yeah, my family dynamic. Yeah. And it was me hanging out with non-black kids thinking that I could push it. <laughs> literally, literally. I went to their house and they said that, no, we don't do that here. I know it's Sunday when you should go to church, but so-and-so, no. Okay. <laughs> and African parents love reminding you that this is not a, you're not one of your little not, American exactly. friends. Exactly. This is not, this is, where, this is where you live. You don't live there. We don't Literally. do what they do. <laughs> so shut up, put on the outfit, we're going to church. You're yeah, like, okay, face cool, your cool, front cool. and go. Yeah. No, I remember once I was feeling risky. I had Uh-oh. this, I had a best friend in elementary school. So she was German. So I used to live in Belgium for context. So this was in like elementary school. I was still a little kid. I was the only black kid in the entire elementary school. Like, yeah. So I went to go sleep over at my friend's house and just seeing how she spoke to her mom, I was shook. So I thought like, yeah, let me also set boundaries with my parents. What? (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember what my mom asked me to do. And I called her a tyrant. Oh, when I tell you, and that's the thing, like my parents never beat me and I'm very lucky, like they never beat me, but there was just like fear. Like I grew up, I was just scared of doing dumb shit Mm -hmm. because (laughs) there were consequences. There were always consequences. And even if you know, you just like, I don't even know what it was because like you said, getting, I I go on like black Twitter and I see recounts of like people just getting bashed and like fucked up by their parents as a form of discipline. I'm like, I don't know that. that's Yeah. It's a no. Um, (laughs) I'm talking like a smack on the hand. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But I just knew, and I don't even know what I thought my mom was capable of, but she was never going to bash me. So it's just like (laughs) your mind, fear of the unknown is crippling. You know what I mean? (laughs) Knowing that what you don't know could be so harmful. That's enough to get you to not act up. But I wonder yeah. like, how it gets to that point. Like, what is it like the language? Is it the intonation? Is it not it's, not humanizing your parents? So not really knowing what they're capable that. of? Because I guess yeah, there's a there's level of like, that. in generally in African households, like your parents are your parents. They're not your friends. Yeah, they're not your friends. We're not getting <laughs> kiki. You need to know what their first name is. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Did you ever have friends who came over and would call your mom by like their first name? See, but I'm I'm heaps whitewashed because I call my mum Liz. I call her Mummy and Liz. You know, so like really? even then, yeah, the dynamic in my household is like it's still quite loose. Like my mum is my friend, but in the day I had internalized so many like legit African like ways of being from just hanging out mm. with other Africans, and I was like, well, she would never like hit me like that, but I'm still scared. Like the eyes tell me enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like- <laughs> it, and it's also like. I still regarded my mum as being superhuman up until that point. And we've got to talk about this, like the, yeah. the dehumanization of strong African women by like l- not letting them Listen, be vulnerable and emotional. We so I thought it? she was superhuman. And so I was like, maybe she could like go gorilla on me. Like maybe she could. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I want to find out. <laughs> no, literally. But I also think as a child, I got the sense that like, my mom has been through enough mm. because also I well I think I was in a unique situation in that I was born like right after apartheid ended and after I was born because my mom is like this progressive like liberal human being she took me to an Afrikaans preschool in South Africa and like obviously run by a white woman who used to beat the shit out of me so I was like very clued up yeah like and I was the only black person at this preschool and she would just find any excuse to just beat the shit out she was just like a racist white woman she just find any excuse she had a rubber hand specifically for me it was this big ass rubber hand yeah 
And it was she'd just be like, I don't like the way you're sitting. And she would literally Fuck slap the up. shit out of it. Yeah, like she just fucked me up. So I got a really good understanding of race relations <laughs> from like the minute I hopped out the womb. I just clocked. I was like, oh, white people are not on our team. Like I just had such a wild, like tumultuous early childhood that from very early on, I just clocked like, oh, no, my mom has been through more than enough. I don't want to give her any additional stress. And then, like you said, there's this aspect of and I think this is something that's unique to black continental African children where you see your mother go through so much and also never be vulnerable. So you dehumanize them and you see them as like this supernatural superhero. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder like how damaging that is, not only to like us and our perception of self, but also to just like the way that you engage with your parents. It's really interesting. Absolutely. I definitely had to consciously in my adulthood, ask my mom about her childhood um, and even how she got to be in Australia, how she met my Mm. dad, just for context on who she was as a person. Because I just, like, there was no... I didn't care to know her outside of just being my mom. And then I was like, fuck, what? Like, huh? Yeah, this is a person. (laughs) What are your interests? (laughs) Yeah. What what do you do? What do you like? Was she open to telling you? Absolutely. My mom's like, but you got to imagine because I think my mom's strict or not even strict. I think she's conservative, but she's not in the context of African people. Oh my like, God. Same. Yeah. You same. know what I mean? Like she, we come from, we come from a matriarchy. So she's always been quite aware of her worth as a woman. She like, oh, wow. Wait, do you think she, you've inherited some of that? Cause you're absolutely. also quite like, there are no, there are no hectic, there are no male figures in my like lineage that I'm like, oh, you run this shit. No, it's my grandma, my aunties, my mom. They run this shit. Everyone's afraid of them. They'll fuck you up. <laughs> like, Bitch, that's that's how it should be. Yeah. Where are the men? I don't know where they are. <laughs> Even my uncles. <laughs> They're being like, useless. You all, you're soft. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. But it's like, I, I never assumed that like, I always... Um, attributed really like dominant characteristics to women because that's just what I knew um but wow. and it was interesting because my mum would all, always tell me that I would need to learn to be softer and she was like you have to learn how to ask people for help you have to learn how to open up you have to and I was like okay can you relax so she was aware wow yeah but, um yeah I, I found it really yeah because to me I'm like oh she's just so conservative because she won't get let me get a nose ring at 14 <laughs> but in comparison to other African yeah. women she's kind of like yeah like live your life move out like I don't like your tattoos but like cute how's your boyfriend <laughs> like do you know what I mean and that when is it, literally and, my mom too yeah yeah she'll call me she'll be like hey this is a situation can I have some advice what would you do here and she'll talk to me about what she's going through I remember the, the when I found out my mom had depression I was like what you Wait, did that, that traumatize is? you? Like, how did that affect you? Isn't it traumatizing to realize that your parents are human? It is insane. Even so, like, I remember I was talking to a friend of mine um, because she was saying, basically saying that um, her mom had had breast cancer and it had really ruined her because it made her really mm. fearful. And I was like, my mom had a breast cancer, but she was so chill. And they were like, what do you mean she was chill? Wow. And I was like, yeah, she was just like, I remember like, all she'd asked from us throughout that whole time, like when she was like going through chemo, losing her hair, the only thing she ever asked for me is to not spray perfume because like when you're going through all that like radiation shit, it really fucks up your senses. And so you become really wow, hypersensitive and you get really yeah. nauseated from like common shit. So like seeing certain things, smelling certain things would just fuck you up. And perfume was just a yeah. big one. It'll just like, it'll make you feel really nauseated. It'll, it'll kind of, um, what's the word it would in, it encourage feeling similar to kind of like menopause you just get hot flashes and you feel really terrible and so the only thing she asked me is to not spray perfume did i listen no <laughs> i was like what do you mean like how bad can it be why are you complaining like i just could not comprehend and yeah, i was talking to wow. her about it like years later because it like it, i'd honestly repressed the memory of her having cancer because the way she just yeah like, that must be so traumatic there was nothing about that situation where she was like feeling anything less than like a okay. 
Like she like wow. preempt when she was losing her hair, she preemptively shaved it. She's like taking photos, loving herself sick. She was like, Yeah, just go in a chemo, like see, I'll pick you up later on. Just she was such a trooper that I had yeah. minimized how serious cancer was. It was like my mom got through it. And then you look at the odds of people wow. dying, I'm like, well she could have my mom could have died, not my mom. My mom's invincible. Wow. So at the time were you like conscious of her mortality? Not at all, because there was no way my mom was gonna die. Like, wow. that's, but that's also how she raised me like she yeah if she would like you know if somebody tells you that you know you can't do something just remind them you're my my daughter no context as to what that meant just you're my daughter so therefore Bitch, I love that's that. enough <laughs> so Your mom I needs say, to run my mom instilled ego <clears throat> and like confidence in me it's only because she is and unfortunately has to like uphold the stereotype of being strong because like we all know like interesting yeah in the same way i'm heaps soft and i'm just out here like crying and being sad all the time but being like don't fucking talk to me she is too (laughs) like everything is so personal and she cares and she like only works with old people because she feels as though they're like the forgotten people of the world like everything is just so like emotional and personal to her so it's really interesting to see when you do humanize a parent in that way you're like wow i'm so sorry like I wish that you, you went like, through that. Yeah. yeah. I wish you could have just like done what you wanted to. Like, wow. Now you're yeah. going to raise. And like, I, I'm a, like, I was a good kid. So like, I didn't do hood rat shit. I just came home and I played the Sims and I fantasized about like, you know, having piercings and never got them. And, you know, I just did the right thing and I still yeah. caused her problems. So imagine being a quote unquote bad kid problem child yeah no literally no i relate to that extorting your parents (laughs) like no i could never i think but that that again is like an experience that i think is very unique to black slash african or like black immigrant kids we're like we're hyper aware of like the emotional i don't know the emotional strain that our mothers not our fathers but the, the emotional strain that our mothers are put <laughs> under. And because of that, we're just not terrorists. Like, we're just not doing extortion in the house. We're not doing negotiation in the house. Like, we're just, by and large, pretty good kids. Because even if you're not consciously aware, you're... Like, I was always subconsciously aware that, like, wow, no, my mom's been through some shit. Like, I'm not going to add on any, you know? I don't know. It's interesting. Do you also feel like on that dehumanizing thing because I feel like people also perceive you as this like turbo bitch mm-hmm. who's a hard bitch do you feel like your three-dimensional like the full spectrum of flex which is hard but also a soft jelly bean do you feel like that also gets to, gets reduced and dehumanized because you're black absolutely I mean I don't think I <clears throat> I think we talked about this briefly when it comes to the mammy stereotype people give me where they assume that mm. because I'm in this position and I'm like, you know, warm and cuddly, I should just be here to hold you and nurture you. And I think the range of black stereotypes aren't as conscious to a lot of people. And so while they may not be doing it with malice in mind, it's done. It's like I said to you in that a few episodes yeah. ago. When I take the time to educate people after coming at me sideways or just illuminating some of the flaws in their understanding of racism or capitalism or whatever, and they'll be like, you're so strong. Like, I could never do this. You're so strong. I can't believe you spend all this time. You're so like, even that language in itself, it's like yeah. the fact that you don't think you have the range or the emotional or mental energy to do what I'm doing to you, yet you still ask it of me. Yeah, and then don't feel any yeah. kind of way about that because it's expected that I would just have to manage to get through it, and it's like <clears throat> the extent of that strong narrative. Yes, it's flattering, but then you realize the consequence of being perceived as strong all the time is that nobody or very few people are here to kind of um, humanize you. Humanize you, and it's like no wonder the mortality rates of pregnant black women is so high. No wonder yeah. people don't believe black women when they say they're in pain at the doctors. No wonder no, literally, people aren't here to like literally. create infrastructure to elevate black women because like they can do it, right? They've been through yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that is literally it. Yeah, I mean, 
I remember when I was a kid, I just took on the role of class clown because I think when you're black, that's just the easy. When you're in a when you're in a predominantly white space as a black person, it's just easier to take on the role of class clown because it's easier for people to consume you in a way that's palatable if you're funny. So I just took on that role and I've just taken it on since like forever. But I remember this one specific time. I think it was in like grade six. I don't remember what I was sad about. And someone was like, oh, but you never get sad. Like, you're never, you're just always happy. And it literally blew my mind. I was like, wow, like, the reason people are always clowning me <laughs> is because they don't see me as a full human being. Mm-hmm. But I realized that stereotype or that perception, I realized that perception never left, even to this day. Even if I go to the doctor and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm in so much pain. They're just like, oh, you be right. Like, just, they're like, no, like I'm literally dying. Like Everything hurts. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> they need. literally, it takes so much just for white people to take you serious, to take your pain or your suffering seriously as a black person. Because in a white world, blackness is synonymous with pain. Mm. And by uh, definition, it is. Like absolutely. white people... It's yeah, white people in the, invented, in the <laughs> literally, they invented blackness and blackness only exists in contrast to whiteness. And if whiteness is joy, blackness is pain. Mm. It was interesting because I feel like in the minds of some people, they would be like, there are no negatives to being seen as strong and capable and so on oh, and so no, forth. Oh it's tiring. But we also have to realize that these archetypes have only been considered um you know desirable in women only recently you know Mm. what i mean like being strong and being like masculine or dominant these are characteristics that were saved for like oh you must be lesbian right you must be a rough yeah tomboy a witch yeah you know these weren't these weren't (laughs) favorable ways to be perceived everybody wants not everybody but what was popularized in media and in movies and music was the dainty five foot two soft childlike quiet innocent girl with you know no opinions and it's just here yeah to be submissive and all that shit yeah facts <laughs> and facts. so you gotta imagine generations of just like and and it's like you don't even need to be the strongest to be perceived as the strong woman who gets relegated to the one who can handle it. Because Mm. I can imagine you, if I got on the story and started crying today, everyone would be like, what? But wait, like you said, you're never sad. Yeah, that's literally how people see you. You must really be going through it if you're crying. It's like, no, I'm not really going through it. I'm just feeling some shit. I'm just a human being. Yeah, Yeah, this is just one one of the many moods I get to have. Why do I now have to be like, you know, on my deathbed to be feeling some shit publicly? But I see it too, like... With my boyfriend as well. He has, I think it's pronounced tinnitus. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a really, like, painful and just just torturous condition to have. But he's also, like, a six-foot-two black man in America. Mm. And he went to countless... And when he first started going to the doctors, I was still in South Africa. I was back home visiting. He went to countless doctors and, like, he would just tell me that none of them are just taking him seriously or they're racist or this... It took him months, like he was just suffering alone for months just to find a doctor that like took his pain seriously enough. And it's like, wow, like black people literally die because of the ways that we're dehumanized, because of the ways that we're seen as strong. And it's why like when my mom is in the US and she needs to go to the doctor, I always go with her because I know that I'm a palatable black and Mm. she still like has a South African accent. So she'll be perceived differently. And literally, I know that when I don't go with her, she will not get the the medical attention and care that she needs. Mm. It's madness. It's wow. very interesting. We could talk about it for it ages is, and hey? forever, but we're getting to that time where we have to wrap it up. I know, I know. We should have a greater discussion about it. I think there's a lot to we learn. We should. There really is. There really is. Um. But thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. We are Bobo and Flex on every platform. Let us know what you thought of this episode, especially, I don't know if we have more black followers now. I'm hoping we do. If there are any African black followers, I would love to hear your experience of growing up in an African household. Uh, Let us know in the Facebook group, on Twitter, just add us. 
We'd love to hear experience. White people, let us know about your perception of black people, especially growing up. Do you still see us as one-dimensional, strong-ass gorillas? Like, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> Truly, like, what I, I need to know. Um, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.